Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show, sponsored by 888 Sport. This is a very early Cheltenham 2023 preview, reviewing the best of last week's racing at Presbury Park. Stay tuned to find out who Johnny Ward would be taking in the titanic tussle between Honeysuckle and Constitution Hill. It's a big, big call if they take on Honeysuckle because she is an absolute, like, she just beats whatever is in front of her. She's a warrior. Where Andy Holding thinks impressive champion bumper winner Fassel Vega will head for the festival next year. Fassel Vega answered all those questions and, and, and some. I know he's 3 to 1 for the Supreme, but I see him more as a Ballymore horse. And a 33 to 1 shot outsider for Andy in next year's Stayers Idol. That's two back-to-back decent races now he's put together at the festival. For me, could, could easily dominate that category. Yeah, delighted to be joined today by Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding, and very special guest returning after uh, the podcast, looking at the Irish runners before Cheltenham. Johnny Ward is joining us today as well. And I'm pretty sure, uh, Johnny, this is the, the earliest Cheltenham 2023 preview out on the market, hoping to hoover up all that SEO traffic over the next year as people look for tips in next year's festival starting yeah, in, in late March 2022. But for you, the festival didn't quite go as planned, did it? No, no, I was I got COVID just before it. So yeah, I never made the trip over. And um, it's funny, th- this is a good time of year, though. I know, I think the Cheltenham markets can, the constant talk about Cheltenham, like months and months and months in advance can be a little bit overbearing. But I saw dockets for um, Galloping des Champs at 25 to 1. Um, around this time last year for his Cheltenham race, and funny enough, the docket <laughs> like it, it goes into odds on. I think he's nine hundred ninety nine to one jump at the last, and he ends up winning. So uh, it can kind of it can swing a lot in the space of a minute, and we're talking twelve months in advance here. But I think uh, if you if you can potentially do a few multiples now in in a, in a few sort of related contingency areas, a bit like the guys in the big short who who thought that the whole. Uh, Housing market was going to collapse. You mm. might as well go for the big kill. Um, stuff like that can can keep you very excited. I I, I do think there is a bit of value. I mean, a lot can go wrong in 11 months, but there's some nice prices out there now. You just might have to slightly look against what other people are thinking. It can make a fool of you as well. I, I had a ticket from uh, from March 2021 uh, to go hard for the Supreme and Kilcrete for the um for the for the Ballymore, uh, which didn't quite go to plan in terms of them running in the wrong races. But uh, I also saw someone who. Um, had a had Brave Man's game at a massive price and had waited for a year, only a half an hour before the race or an hour before the race uh, for the for the horse to come out and and therefore yeah. a better loser. That 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 I I was I was saying that as well, right? So you're basically told um, in an interview half an hour beforehand, and I think we will talk maybe about this at some stage. Like climate change is is obviously catastrophic and it's it's going to be so bad i don't think anyone knows how bad it is but when you have a situation where cheltenham is deemed universally to be too quick because they haven't watered it on the tuesday and then less than 24 hours later it's borderline unraceable that's the challenge facing the kirk the course mm. and brave man's game backers can attest to that yeah absolutely um andy uh, for you cheltenham well, you've already put out a column uh, on the Odds Checker app, a website for your fancies for next year. Don't give anything uh, away at the moment, but you think there's there's value to be had even at this very, very early stage. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't go into it in too great detail because um, I knew we were doing this. So I didn't think it was the point of, uh, you know, replicating or duplicating horses I'd, I'd already mentioned. But yeah, there's a few areas where I think, like Johnny's already mentioned, you, you can get yourself ahead of the field if you're thinking outside the box. My own personal take on the stays hurdle has been pretty much 
as it stood going into the festival. I thought Flooring Porter was probably the pick of a, a fairly modest era um, or, or vintage at the moment. Uh, and he proved himself to to be um, you know very much to be the that to be the case, um, but I do think you know looking forward to next year if you, if you if you chuck in a few that didn't make the gig I think I've, I think I've highlighted horses that didn't come to the festival or want anything else that actually did run in it um, that, that could easily um, you know make make uh, an impression in that division but there's there's quite a few other races that um, um, we we can highlight and hopefully me and Johnny between us on find at least one or two that will get themselves out to the next year's festival with um, with uh, some nice little prices or, or vouchers attached to them. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, we'll get into it now. And, and you know, this is being billed as a, a Chutton 2023 preview, but realistically, it just gives us a good opportunity to go through next year's uh, races. We're going to start with the novice hurdles into the novice chases. Champion hurdle, champion chase, Ryanair, Stairs and Gold Cup. So the market's up for next year, but, but crucially, it just gives us an opportunity to speak to both Johnny and Andy on on their thoughts after last week's festival uh you know how, how andy's numbers came out for a few of these horses who are the horses to take out of these races and we'll also at the end look at a couple of horses uh, that could be running the entry who maybe didn't have things quite go their way at the festival who might be worth keeping an eye on as well so we'll get into the racing now uh, do download the odds checker app where you can find all of the Cheltenham 2023 markets we're going to talk through as well as plenty others as well. Lots of antipost racing up and day-to-day racing as well as Andy's tips uh, straight to the uh, app every morning around 9am as well, including the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, uh, place terms and plenty others too. And Andy, we'll start with you for the for the uh, for the novice hurdles, and this is basically just going to be a review of what turned out to be a procession for Fasil Vega um, in the uh, champion bumper, uh, Fasil Vega is a three to one favourite for the Supreme next year, uh, six to one for the Ballymore, ten to one, uh, no bigger, sorry, twenty to one for the Albert Bartlett. Seems very unlikely that uh, American Mike fourteen to one for the Supreme, who who followed Fasil Vega home, uh, eight to one for the Ballymore. You've got Mercury, uh, a, an impressive bumper winner for Willie Mullins, who didn't uh, come over for the festival, sixteen to one for the Supreme. Um, and then others, Ilete Tomp, who r- raced very keen, um, 20 to 1 uh, in the Triumph on the Friday. Uh, but, you know, was certainly an eye catcher in there as well. Uh, Redemption Day, 20 to 1. James's Gate, 20 to 1. Uh, those are for the Supreme. James's Gate, a shorter 14 to 1 for the Ballymore. Plenty others in there as well, Andy. But let's focus with the champion bumper as well and Fasil Vega on what was testing ground, to put it mildly. Uh, they had to um, race around uh, uh, you know an incident on track as well uh, just how impressive was that performance for you uh, and you've got a view as well where you think he'll turn up next season yeah i mean he was he was impressive in the sense that he handled ground that we didn't know that whether we'd handle it or not um obviously it was soft when he won at leopardstown but nowhere near as bad as what it was come last race on the wednesday it was like biblical all day i mean I, I never came out the box i was in and it was literally dripping off the roofs and standing water on the track, et cetera. So it really tested the metal of every horse that went out that there in, in that final race, something they'd never been accustomed to before, running a good championship pace with the big field. And then, you know, being able to face the hill and come up come up the hill. And, and Fasal Vedi answered all those questions and, and, and some, beating American Mike, who I thought got a smoother run through. I don't know what Johnny thought, but I think from a very early stage, and I think Patrick was quite in the position that he wanted to be on Fasal Vega, but the horse got, got him out of jail. American Mike raced wide as well on the better part of the track. So he he had a, an advantage all the way around. So the feeling was that Fasal Vega was superior to slightly superior to American Mike going into it. Came I came out of that view race with an even stronger view that that's, um, mm. that is is the case. 
But they'd look, they're two very good horses. They pulled well clear of what was a decent field. Obviously, there was Redemption Day in there as well, and several others that had good reputations. It looked a good bumper. Um, the time figure was no no greater than what Falsal Vega achieved prior to his victory. So he didn't do anything off the off the scale on the clock, but you wouldn't expect that on that kind of ground. But looking forward, um, like most bumper winners, certainly in the last decade or so, I think there's only been one horse uh, who's won a Supreme Novices Hurdle, having I mean, won the bump, and that was uh, Champagne Fever. Mm. Most of the most of the horses that win the bumper tend to be two and a half milers. I, I know Sagehard almost did it by default in the sense that he would have gone for the Supreme in any other year other than obviously Willie being three or four handed in the race. I think he probably would have gone for the Supreme ordinarily, but. He did win the Ballymore, uh, and he proved that his stamina is very much the, the key component. And I think that's where we'll see Fasal Vega. I know he's 3-1 to one for the Supreme, but I see him more as a Ballymore horse. Um, you can get double the price for that as well, 6-1. to one. So, we, you know, we, we haven't got it. Have, it's always difficult to foresee what will happen. I mean, obviously, there's Constitution Hill. There was John Bond. They come from left field. Horses that are, that, you know, probably still acclimatising to certain stables at the moment that we haven't even heard of that will end up um, you know, making a name for themselves in the early part of the season. So we've only really got the champion bumper to go on. And of those, like I say, that, that took part in it, I, I think Fasel Vogue and American Mike will be more inclined to go two and a half. The only other one I think might be a two mile of his Mercury. You mentioned him. Mm. Uh, he, he looked quite a speedy horse when he won at Garen. Um, I think we'll get a chance to see him at Punjistan. And if he was to win, maybe he might be a, a type for the Supreme uh, and maybe Fasel Vega for the two and a half. That's, that's the way I see it. Especially with connections uh, with Gaelic Warrior as well. You know, they mentioned that they thought Gaelic Warrior might be a supreme horse and wanted to make the most of his mark and maybe telling that Mercury was the one who didn't come over to Cheltenham um, to take up a possible champion bumper run. Um, Johnny, when we spoke a few weeks ago, you know, we spoke about how the market looked to be paying maybe Fasal Vega too much respect ahead of the champion bumper. You know, that, that corrected itself in the market. They went off much closer in price on the day. Um, but then clearly Fasal Vega making his superiority count but, you know, on testing ground, and we can often see how over the course of a, a year, these things change. Uh, where where do you think the on kind of at the early stages in those races, the, the value seems to be? I totally agree with Andy there. I mean, like Fasal Vega is by walking the park out of Quivega, whose best form was possibly at three miles, possibly even our best form was at three miles in heavy ground. So his stamina, his massive stamina in his pedigree. Um, but more to the point, it's, it's what will go on the Supreme against him, whereas... He will have absolutely no issue staying in the Ballymore. It won't be a problem for him whatsoever, and it might suit him. Whereas Mercury has a flashier sort of pedigree. As you mentioned, Gaelic Warrior at the moment, um, he's obviously still um, a maiden going into that race. He's a novice over hurdles next year. I can The fact that Fasal Vega is 6-1, to one, and look at what they did with Sir Gerhard this season, I thought his superiority over American Mike was quite, quite, quite a stark on the day. It was just a different class of animal, really, the way he mm. just zoomed up by him and quickly went past him then. And American Mike kind of rallied very gamely. And I could see him winning the Ballymore next season if Fasal Vega doesn't go there. But I, I would say Fasal Vega is odds-on to run in the Ballymore. I actually think he's an odds-on shot from that. And I'd make the supreme odds against, not going to run the Albert Bartlett, in which case, 6-1. to one, I mean, he's he's probably going to... You can easily see him going off odds-on in the race. So, like, I think 6-1 to one represents value. He's a... He's as good a winner of the bumper as I can remember seeing. I thought it was a really good run of the race. It was a strange bumper because he drifted in the market, and partly because of what Willie Mullins, I think, was saying on TV, whilst at the same time, 
a statement made that few people have considered was absolutely smashed on the basis of Willie's comments, which had to do with the fact that it was pouring rain. But it was strange ground. It was like it was ground that was too fast and then got a basically a monsoon on it. So it wasn't proper heavy ground. It was almost like somewhere, somewhere mm. soft. Um, uh, but Patrick, I spoke to him after he said he never had any issue about the ground himself. I make him odds on to go to Ballymore, in which case I think six is his great value. Six to one, the one uh, to take out of the Chapman Festival for next year's uh, Novice Hurdles there for the Ballymore. Six to one, best price, as the guys say, for Facile Vega uh, with a couple of firms. You know, should mention here, of course, if you're new to anti post betting, if you do back Facile Vega at six to one uh, and he doesn't run in the Ballymore, goes elsewhere. Uh, then that will be money done rather than money back. Are we uh, not non-running our bet yet, George? <laughs> <laughs> that one day it will happen, won't it? As soon as the festival's <laughs> over, a firm will go non on no bet. But uh, at this yeah. stage, Andy, uh, certainly not your accounts. Um, no promotions uh, <laughs> as far as I know. But uh, we'll move on to the novice chases. And we have the Arkle, where Sagerhard, the winner of the Ballymore, uh, is 5-1. to one. They had a Constitution Hill at 6-1. to one. I'm going to ban talk of constitution hill for for this part of the of the show i think when we talk about the um the champion hurdle we'll get there for the for that um inevitable loving john bond is 10 to 1 appreciate it 10 to 1 dice Art dynamo 12s voban 14s stateman 14s kilkrit uh 20 to 1 uh plenty others in there as well in the uh brown advisory novice chase the nice guy is 10 to 1 john bond 14s manila kakuna 16s with journey with me uh hillcrest 20 to 1 three stripe life 20s and others around that price as well and for the turners uh, Sagarhard again in Constitution Hill, unsurprisingly heading up the market at five to one and eight to one. John Bond twelve to one. Appreciate it fourteen. Stateman fourteens. Dysart Dynamo fourteens. Kilcrit uh, sixteen to one. Twenty to one. Manella Kakuna. And you know it did. It, it does feel like look reading through those um, at the moment. There are some pretty exciting uh, novice hurdlers around beyond just the the two that won the Supreme and the and the Ballymore. Uh, Johnny. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, as much as kind of. John Bond was beaten so far. I think he's a proper sort of chasing type. And um, as you mentioned, the Constitution Hill uh, talk is barred here. And um, <laughs> still, if you if you did kind of if you're involved in that horse, it would be a fairly tough debate as to where you go in terms of his future. And um, I don't know that the, the I I might be going slightly left field here, but in the article, as much as he'll be, I think he'll be a nine year old next year. And um, for me, appreciate it has to go novice chasing because he just. He didn't jump well enough in the in the champion hurdle. He mm. was sent off 130 despite the fact he'd been off for a year, um, which suggested that he was in good nick going into the race. I mean, he had a massive task on considering the background. I thought... So, so I, think, so, I, I didn't think he looked fit. Like, I mean, I'm not someone who looks at horses uh, yeah. in the paddock and makes a judge, but just looking at him before the, before the race, he didn't look... I mean, he looked like he hadn't run for a year. Yeah, he's such a massive big burly horse well mm. i'd say it's not straightforward getting him fit but for me he's jumping he didn't give himself any chance and in fairness the, the distance he was beating there was no disgrace whatsoever he was looked after by his rider i cannot for the life of me see him hurling ever again next season in which case he presumably will go novice chasing in which case he'll presumably turn up here um and he's 10 to 1 and i know he's a nine-year-old but willie obviously doesn't mind going novice chasing with older grade one horses as we've seen um, so I don't think it's quite, kind of as cut as and dried with the novice chasers maybe as some of the other markets but I quite like him at 10 to 1 to win the arc next year because I think that's the race he'll end up in 10 to 1 for the arc next year for appreciate it is the one uh, for Johnny there Andy how do you see these markets at this stage uh, yeah I think it's a it's a case of trying to read into the to the minds of, of the, the likes of Mullins and, and Elliot and, and De Bromhead and 
they must have a sit down, a, a, have a, a committee meeting at the end of the season, uh, you know, with their various riders and, and, and colleagues and, and think, well, where are we going with this? There's a plan for this, blah, blah, blah. And we'd love to be a party of that. But you, you almost have to get into their heads and, and think, well, if I had these horses, what would I do? Mm-hmm. You look at you look at Sir Gerhard, you think, well, do they, I mean, they mentioned the champion hurdle um, afterwards, which in theory probably looks the right call, doesn't it? Um, you know, they haven't got too many options. They think he's going to be a child no more. So they're not going to go up to the stayers because they, you know, they, 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 they got just about got away with it in the Ballymore because it was probably such a weak field this year. Mm. Um, but I mean, all the intention was other than, you know, the likes of Kilcrut and um, uh, Dysart Dynamo, that they would have gone supreme. But uh, they they only did that by process elimination, as I said beforehand. Um, so I think that they'll drop him back to two miles. So it's either going to be the champion hurdle or the Arkle. Now, a lot depends on what, obviously, Honeysuckle and... Um, Constitution Hill, we've mentioned him again there, which we'll get to, which we'll get into in a second. <laughs> but if they were, in theory, going to line up at Punchestown and Constitution Hill does a number on Honeysuckle, um, or they they, they they don't go to Punchestown and they declare that next year is going to be Constitution's champion hurdle year, then before game fencing, that might change the goalposts and, and the thought process with regards to, to Gerhard. Would connections think? Are we daft to go and take those two horses on when we've got a, a fairly free run in, in the Arkle? And let's face mm. it, that's what you know. That's what they bought him for. Uh, he looks a chaser. He won a point to point, so he's he's already got the experience of jumping fences at a, at a, at a you know a, a fairly modest level. Um, so do they just completely rule out a champion old campaign and just crack on with him over fences? If so, then he's got all the right criteria to be an Arkle horse. Um, so I I don't think five to one's uh, you know that pie in the sky. I agree with Johnny with John Bond. If you think if you think the best form or race of the season was the Supreme, and the numbers suggest that was, then having shown up so prominently in the Championship run race that probably in hindsight didn't go his way. I don't, I don't think they really wanted to try and make the running or take on Dysart Dynamo in the early stages. Then um, you'd have to say that John Bond came out of that with a great deal of credit. Mm. Again, I can't see Nicky. Wanting to go down the champion hurdle route, um, he, he's probably still got Epiton if he wanted to go down that, down that way. And of course, he's got Constitution Hill. So why would he, why would he risk, you know, wasting another season with John Bond? So you tend to think that he'll go for the Arkle. And I'll just throw in another one as well from left field. Um, there's probably two actually. Again, using Willie Mullins' mind as a as a as a guide here, with State Man who won the county hurdle in very very say. impressive fashion. Mm. I mean, he was he was unbelievable. Considering that was only his third run under rules. I mean, you can't take away how good he was. And the clock said it was a good race as well, a lot quicker than the Triumph Hurdle. And he did it very easily. Again, where'd you go with him? You know, presumably mm-hmm. he'll go to Punchestown, he'll win a, he'll, you know, he might win a grade one there. But then, you know, he's got to go up into the champion hurdle bracket. And I, th- I think, well, like we saw with Gallup and, and, and the Shum and, and Bob Ollinger, it's going to pull a lot of people off trying to basically bang their head against the wall, taking on the likes of Honeysuckle and Constitution, and if we think those are going to be the two main players for next year's champion. Um, so they'll be looking for easy options, and Stateman falls into that category, along with West Cork as well. You look at West Cork, who finished fourth. He loves Cheltenham. He won the um, uh, the Great Wood early on in the season. Um, and then he ran a blinder, didn't he, um, in, the, um, in, in the county hurdle itself. And mm. we know what Dan Skelton does with with good um, young novice chasers. I think you know my Drago, barring 
his injury would have been hardcore uh, bound and or, or certainly a novice chase bound at Cheltenham, and he would have been a big player. So Dan knows what he's doing with um, you know good novice chases over two miles. So just a couple from left field there out the county, State Man and West Cork, they were thrown into the equation, but definitely Sir Gerhard and John Bond out there <coughs> to respective uh, quality races, um, uh, 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 quite rightly at the top end of the market. West Cork is an eight-year-old going on nine as well, so you never yeah, know what exactly. could be two nine-year-olds contesting the article. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've lost leave of our senses there, Johnny, to be honest. But yeah, I, I just thought it was worth throwing into the mix, you know, because I think that's where, I think West Cork will go and obviously chase the next season now. Mm. West Cork is 33 to one, and uh, and we've also got... Um, we have their state man's 14s, uh, so 14s and 33s for the article. Any, any views on the... Any views on the on the Turners or the or, or the Brown Advisory at this stage? Or too early? Um, I came out of the, of the Albert Barlet thinking that Minella Kakuna was uh, um, a, a lively one for next year's RSA. I'm going to call it the RSA because it might be a different name next season. Um, <laughs> yeah, good thing. He, he I, I thought he was amazing at Cheltenham. Uh, he made one bad mistake down the back, but I mean he he got the field stone cold, turning for home and. You know, it's a hard it's a hard race to make all the running in and race that freely for three miles over that demanding new course. But I think the old course would really suit him, providing obviously he takes the fences next season. But he's got the physique and the way he goes through his races. He, he reminds me of Monkfish. I don't know what Johnny thinks like big, tall, imposing, sort of almost like giraffe-like, isn't he? The way he, he dwarfs his opponents. Uh, he gets over the ground really well, and I can't see him not taking defences. I think Willie will just straightly, you know, bang him over. Fences two and two two and a half miles first time out, and then he'll gradually work him up. You can imagine running the Dublin Racing Festival, maybe running him that race at Galapandas um, Champ One, etc., etc. Et but he does look a three mile to me in out and out. Um, so yeah, he, he'd be something I'd be very very interested in for the uh, for the old RSA, the three mile chase. Manila Kakuna sixteen to one uh, for the uh, RSA, as we'll call it uh, here now. Um, Johnny, anything else to add, or should we move on to the champion hurdle? Yeah, I, I could see John Bond stepping up in trip to um, running the Turners. I think I mean, mm. he's like he's twelve to one with one firm, and Sir Gerhard is sort of favourite for that race. I don't see him running that. I think, as Andy says, I think he dropped back in trip for the Arkle, um, and he he moved up in trip just because of circumstances this year. I could definitely see John Bond stepping up in trip. He just might slightly lack a gear for two mile races. Um, and in terms of the RSA chase, yeah, I think that's a that's a fair shout on Manella Kakuna. He he's um he's shown that he's a really um, adept jumper of hurdles. I thought he was brilliant at Leopardstown. Um, and don't forget Manella Crooner as well, who's obviously out. I uh, did miss Cheltenham, but um, basically looked an out-and-out three-mile chaser as well in his ephemeral career so far. But John Bond's an interesting one because I, I could definitely see him running the intermediate race. What do we think will happen with um with Dysart Dynamo? You know, a horse that came into Cheltenham, uh, went off favourite for the Supreme, uh, was taken on from the front and, and made a mistake and fell about halfway around, but you know, presumably loses little in defeat in terms of, of what he's capable of. Um, where do we expect him to to be pitched next season? I I'd say they'll have to change tactics a bit with him in the sense that I mean, I don't think you can ride a horse like that and win a Supreme. I mean I'll definitely be interested to know how the Supreme works out going forward because mm. as a race it was it was quite bizarre. I mean, I sort of tipped Kilcrotton it and uh he was he ended up finishing third, but like he basically never went a yard. He was completely he could never get into the race. I'm and uh, what Constitution Hill achieved on the clock has been well um, advertised, but Dicer Dymo for me, I mean, if he's gonna be ridden like that again, he's really limited his scope. Um, 
I've seen going over fences, but I think they'll have to get him chill out a bit. Yeah, Andy, any thoughts about where Dice Aldonimo? I mean, at least over what trip is he another horse to be he'll be aimed at the Arkle? I, I think it's almost impossible to contain a horse like that for anything other than two miles. He's just got yeah. so much raw ability. You know, we saw how he got on with it and then Moscow Fly. Johnny's right, they probably might have to try change um an approach with him maybe just to settle him down. But I, I think it's very, very difficult to bottle a horse like that up and, and get him to stretch out to two and a half miles. I, I could only see them going down the one route, and that that that'll be the Arco route um, if they if they do go over fences. Okay, we'll move on then to the champion hurdle now, um, and we've got Constitution Hill is the nine to four favourite ahead of the uh, unbeaten Honeysuckle at seven to two, Vauban eight to one, Sigurhard eight to one, Bob Ollinger twenty to one, Stateman twenty to one, Pied Piper. John Bond, Danny here, plenty others, all 20 to 1. And I'd be lying, Andy, if I didn't say that I enjoyed watching uh, the opener on the Tuesday. Um, I think I held my breath for about a minute before um, before we jumped the last flashbacks to uh, to old Goshen. Uh, such a similar moment off the turn when he just suddenly pulled away clear and you knew all he had to do was jump the last two. Uh, and it was an unbelievable performance. And as Johnny says, you know, we've heard from yourself and others just how impressive it was on the clock. What are we talking about here with Constitution Hill? Uh, you know, and and just for context' sake, in case anyone's listening, you know, connections have come out and said that as a five-year-old, that they feel there's no need at all to to, to go chasing immediately. Um, talk that he even had a, a muscle issue over the past couple of years that means he's still developing. I don't know what that quite that means in terms of his future scope, um, but it looks set. You know, unless things change, like he'll be aimed at the champion hurdle next season, possibly with a big matchup with um, with Honeysuckle before the before the season's out. Yeah, I mean, we're always in danger of getting over carried away with horses and, and, you know, anointing them as, you know, the future champions and, and the greatest horses we've ever seen and all that kind of nonsense. But I, I think potentially with Constitution Hill, we, we, we could be on that bracket with this fella because his, his performance just visually was amazing. But then when you actually crunch the numbers and, and do sort of your furlong per furlong or flight per flight performances and you, you put the two races up together, Honeysuckle and, and, and the Supreme, and, and the devastation um, of, of what was achieved in that first race against the champion hurdle was quite extraordinary. I mean, they were they were nearly 20 lengths ahead of Honeysuckle if you was to put the two races up alongside, alongside each other when the tapes went up. Um, by the time they jumped the, first, the second hurdle... Um, <laughs> I mean, it was quite extraordinary the pace they were going. I mean, I stood on the on the lawn out, outside and I said to the fellow next to me, I, said, I can't believe how quickly they're going here. And it mm. just felt, I mean, I've watched a million races, but you, you could just feel and sense the pace that they were going. It was quite extraordinary. Um, I, I almost think that the front two had lost lead of their senses, but Constitution Hill just had absolutely no problem all the way through it. Um, it was a bit like watching the old Rooster Booster when he won the champion hurdle, when, uh, you know, he, the two went off and he just tracked them and, um, you know, picked them off in the home straight and quickened up the hill. It, it was like watching that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're dealing with a, a, a novice right, right out the top draw here. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in future. If it, if Honeysuckle's in his way, then based on the on the numbers at, at Cheltenham, then I think the, the Honeysuckle camp has certainly got plenty to think about and plenty to worry about. Um, I also think it was a very shrewd move as well by Nico de Bonville. No, nothing's been picked up on it as well. But coming down the hill, if you remember, he was just about going to pull out and go to the right-hand side of Dysart Dynamo. Mm. What an amazing sense of foresight that was, because he actually uh, almost 
second guess what was going to happen. It was almost as if he had a crystal ball. He, he decided to come back inside, and then Dysart Dynamo jumped out to the right, fell. But if he would have gone to the right-hand side, he would have been brought down. So it was a genius move by Nico de Bunva to actually wait and wait and wait and go back inside again. Um, but yeah, he, he was just amazing. I haven't seen a horse come up the hill off the back of that pace for a long time. The fastest horse that we've ever awarded a, t- a time figure for at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, what else can you say? Everything that about about him, visually, numbers, future prospects. It's just everything's there for him. So yeah, he'd be favourite for me over off over Honeysuckle if I had to price him up a punches down. I think it's going to be the next question. Yeah, it is. I'm not, I'll ask both of you. So Andy, how how would he price them up and Johnny as well? How you, if they do meet? And it seems like from what I'm reading, you know, rather than Henry de Bromhead's. Um, shrinking in, in the face of, of what it would be the, the toughest challenge to Honeysuckle's unbeaten record. He seems almost to be quite put out by it all and, and you know, seemingly quite bullish about wanting to, to prove that you know, that his mare is the one that you want to uh, to side with. I mean, how, how would he price up if they were to meet uh, in a few weeks' time? Um, I'd, be, I'd be... Well, I'd... What price? I'd, I'd probably be four to five Constitution Hill. Five to four Honeysuckle. I'd, I'd Johnny, put it this way. I'd be, I'd be prepared. I'd, I wouldn't mind. I'd lay honeysuckle at five to four if, if, if it's the bet like that. Because I think well, Constitution honeysuckle in a match against yeah. Constitution Hill. Yep. Yeah, we'll, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll arrange that off air. So. A couple uh, of DMs off air. Yeah, I think that's. Important. Yeah, it is. I, I <laughs> it'll, really be for, it'll be for a handshake. That's all, isn't it? A so. handshake. Yeah. I really <laughs> hope this happens because uh, you know I got into racing when Rooster Booster was around and I didn't understand racing at all. Maybe I still don't, but he was obviously a novice going into not Rooster Booster, which sorry, um, her uh, Rhinestone Cowboy when he was uh, a novice taking on the big boys and it was amazing. And we saw with Samco, um, you know, things can go wrong. It's a big, big call if they take on Honeysuckle because she is an absolute like she just beats whatever is in front of her. She's a warrior. She gives me the impression now that she just kind of does enough. Um, I thought at Cheltenham this this year, I thought she produced a good turn of foot again. She was always in control. She basically was never really going to lose the race, despite the fact she was nowhere near as visually as impressive as Constitution Hill. Um, I, I just can't knock her at this stage. I've knocked her enough, and I, I do wonder if he takes her on. He'll be in. He'll definitely be in a battle, I would have thought. He'll be in a proper, proper race. And for me, she should be favourite. He is a novice. It's a massive, massive challenge. And I'm sorry, like beating John Bond and a horse who'd set up a crazy pace for him. It's just not the same as taking on Honeysuckle. Tactically, it'll be an amazing race to watch. I don't know how it will work out. <laughs> Hope it happens. I don't know. Andy could be right, though. She, he could go off favourite. He's favourite with Champion Hurdle next year. She's going back to try and win it as a nine-year-old. Seven to two for me is very fair each way price. That's the race she's going to end up in. Um, you know, nine-year-olds have won a Rooster Rooster, one as a nine-year-old. Hurricane probably won as a nine-year-old. Um, she's basically been perfect at Cheltenham pretty much every year. Still maybe a slight suspicion as to where he goes next year. She will turn up in the race all going well. Seven to two for a horse has been basically even money odds on the last two festivals and she seems as good as ever. But uh, Punchestown will be made by this if she takes him on. It'll be an amazing, amazing race. And um, there'll be massive split in each camp. Like Andy and I are disagreeing here. I think it'd be nearly 50-50 in terms of you're back in possibly the greatest mayor since Dawn Run against the novice yet the novice might be favorite yeah absolutely yeah seven to two honeysuckle uh fifth of three there and as johnny says unless for injury you can't really see any reason why honeysuckle won't take up um you know, who would you back a... george 
you know the answer to that, Andy. I think okay. uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm I'm Team Constitution Hill. I'm just very excited. I mean, there's no need now. I had a couple of messages from people after the race saying you owe Barry a pint, and I want to make sure that uh, I've told Barry that, and I've messaged him, and I've told him that he's, you know, drinks are on me next time we're we're together. Um, so yeah, I mean, what, it was... what, if, what, if, what if Barry had the forty to one? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad if I didn't. He didn't, to be honest. Um, no, it was, it was a funny it, race to Supreme because, like, I was texting my mate and I mates during the race, and I said, "The court is so well placed here because they are going a suicidal gallop." But he was he was legless. He couldn't even go to gallop in in a restrained position. And Constitution Hill ordinary horses wouldn't have been able to stay going as he was. Yet he won by twenty two lengths. So maybe he's a complete freak. There was also a moment when they were going quick before Dysart Dynamo fell where Nico had to give him a squeeze which was the first time we'd seen that mm. and then he came straight back on again and he kind mm. of that was the moment where you know he, he didn't he didn't need much persuading to stay up with the pace even when they were, were going as fast as that I mean the, the the one horse before we move on that I want to kind of talk about who's who's maybe the joker in the pack here is is Vauban um who you know was incredibly visually impressive Andy uh in terms of, of that that win in the triumph in, in what looked to be a, a pretty decent triumph I mean what what do the clock say uh, in terms of that? Um, and where do we expect Vauban to, to be campaigned next season? Yeah, it wasn't um, um, a particularly strongly run triumph, hence that um, it didn't work out as well as the Spring Juvenile time. We got him doing a 71 in the Spring Juvenile um, and he only did a 66 in the triumph. So, um, as I said, he didn't need to be at, at his best, but he just dominated throughout. The only problem with, with Vauban is that he... He does throw in the odd sloppy jump here, then everywhere. Mm-hmm. He tends to sort of like just lose lose a little bit of focus. Even even, even the last. I mean, he kind of. I mean, I don't know. Well, if that just... that was the that was the one that was almost mm-hmm. uh, a Gaussian moment, wasn't it? When he, he looked yeah. at the, the photographers and took his eye off the ball. But then um, impressive but, again how he quickened again after after. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he had to quicken and... twice. He quickened he quickened from two out to go by them, quickened quickened to go away from them, and then they come at him again after that mistake, and he's quickened again on the running. He's got loads left. I mean, he's just a very fast horse. I actually think he'd be better running right-handed looking at him, the way he just sort of like mm. always lugs towards the right. I think, I mean, Paul Townall to say, you know, he was always looking to come towards the stand side anyway, but there was a moment jumping to out when he did, did seem to be hanging the latch a little bit. Um, so I think something like a, you know, punch stand will seem in even, even better light. But, like, you know, look, Constitution Hill did an 84 on the numbers at um, when winning the Supreme. Um and this fella's only done a 71 tops. So he's got a huge, huge amount to find on, on Constitution Hill if they are thinking of going down the champion hurdle route. What do you reckon, uh, Johnny, in terms of, of Vauban and how he compares to this lot? Yeah, like as, as Andy said, it was the same at Leopardstown. He was leaning a bit right at his hurdles as well. And I think he'd be better at Punchestown. I love the way he picked them up so readily when he gave them a chance after last in the form. It was a slowly run race, but the right horses were involved. And he just has a serious turn of foot, this horse. A real, like, you know, some ability to probably win very good flat races. And I think they will go down that Melbourne Cup route with him. I think winning the Melbourne Cup at this stage will be one of Willie Mullins' kind of final ambitions, maybe, in as a, as a trainer that he hasn't achieved. Um, mm. But it's a massive step up, jumping-wise, to go into the cauldron of Constitution Hill and honeysuckle next year and I, I imagine he would probably be found out as a five-year-old who obviously as we know tend to struggle in champion hurdles on then to the the champion chase next then uh where Anergamine, uh the winner of this year's um champion chase is a seven to two favorite shishkin out to five to one um nicky henderson pretty confident and you know pretty bullish about the fact that it was a purely the ground that that was the case for shishkin's uh, no show 
um, on the day. Uh, Nico doing the right thing and pulling him up as soon as he realised that he, he wasn't enjoying it at all. Fernie Hollow, 8-1. to one. Galapin de Champ, an interesting one at ten to one. You know, fell when when absolutely streets clear in the Turners, and, and interesting to hear connections afterwards talk about about stepping him back in trip uh, when I think a lot of people assumed that he would be a, a, a Gold Cup horse for next year. Um, Bob Ollinger ten to one, Edward Stone twelve to one could scarcely have been more impressive. Um, Andy, what do you make of, of the field at this early stage? Firstly, I guess, do you think it, it's fair that the top two have flip-flopped off the back of what was effectively a a, a very impressive win from an Ergamine on, on pretty testing ground, but also not the match that we were hoping for? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all sometimes in this game accused of, of falling into the recency bias trap. Um, and, you know, we, we, we forget what happened in the past and we just concentrate on on the latest bit of evidence. And of course, that latest bit of evidence was tarnished by, um, you know, un, un, unseen, um, unforeseen circumstances on on that Wednesday when it just rained all day, and I clearly mm. took Shiskin completely by surprise. He, he he just never went a yard that day. I mean, he just jumped off. He, he ran like um, Defi Desoy did in the race a few years ago. Uh, Defi Desoy, a big odds on shot, gone in there off the back of all those wins, and he, he looks as though he's going to got to go down and come back. But Defi Desoy. Couldn't get his feet out of the ground that day, and he, he was he was a beaten horse past the stands, and I almost just goes far as to say Nico was on a beaten horse after he jumped the first. Mm. There was just something not quite right with Shiskin that day. Um, like I say, whether he's 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 got that fragility in him, and and if he just doesn't fancy, it, he'll he'll just drop the lot or, or or what I don't know. Whether that hard race at Ascot didn't leave a mark on him, certainly didn't leave a mark on Ergamin, who's probably made of slightly tougher uh, substance. But it remains to be seen now how Shiskin develops next season, whether you know he, he fancies it again. Um, obviously, better he'll have to have better ground and you know at least good, good, good to soft ground this time next year to be to be a consideration. Um, because you know you you you, you won't go anywhere near him under similar conditions, and I don't think Nicky probably even risk him uh, if it was soft or heavy and was in the ground description. But I, I think this is a hard category to. Sort of decipher this early stage. We know an Ergamin is going to go down this route, but and ironically, having not won the race before, he's now got an Ergamin, but he's also got the conundrum of Fernie Hollow, who didn't mm. make the Arkle gig and probably would have been a short price favourite, may have won it. Um, and then he's obviously got Gallopin, the Gallopin de Champ conundrum. Where, where do you go with him? And John will probably have a better view than I would, but I mean, he was destroying uh, the hitherto unbeaten um, Bob Ollinger, uh, making him look very much second rate. Uh, but then do they keep him in the two and a half mile category where they've got to run against Alaho? I mean, they've both got attacking styles of running. So Willie Mullins won't want to compromise each of, each of his superstars by running them against each other. So you're only left with dropping him back into the arc or you think, well, he's got an Ergamin and Fernie Hollow in the stable. Um, Fernie Hollow's a, front, a, front, um, a free going type. So again, that sort of... Um, you know, he's a bit out, out of kilter with what Galapan de Champ would want to do. And then, you, you know, you think, well, the only other route is to go up to three miles, which they weren't, which where they were quite reluctant to do at the festival wh- this year. Wh- why do you think they were reluctant to do that? And that reluctance seems to seems to have continued after the race as well. I mean, from from what I can see, that there seems absolutely no reason why he wouldn't stay, since he wouldn't stay three. He wasn't for stopping on, No, uh, I mean, apart from when he, when he fell. Um, I, 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 all, all along, I thought the three-mile race was tailor-made for Galapan de yeah. Champ. You know, given that what he did at, at, at the Punchestown Festival, and he won the Grade One over three miles. Um, I'd rather, I mean, he he looked going into the festival as though 
going up rather than coming down would be the, with the catering. But he showed that much speed and, and the way he jumped his fences, the, 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 the alacrity and the power that he had and the, just the pure raw galloping um, brutalness of that performance. You think, well, Ross the Mighty would be a good horse to keep up with that over, over two, two and a half miles. Look, whatever, whatever happens with Gallop on his show, he's just a brilliant horse. He's one of the best we've we've seen for a long, long time. He's got such a good engine, but the decision as to where where to where to go with him to categorically say right that is our race next season. I, I I'm not sure they can make that decision just now. Johnny, where do you think Galapanda Champlender? And also, given the you know the the manner of Bob Ollinger's win on paper, um, are you surprised to see them kind of side by side in this market? Um, yeah, I, I, I see Gallup and Deschamps running the Gold Cup next year, to be honest. I think they're mm. going to change tactics with them. Um, I thought that race was bizarre, to be honest. I think Bob Bollinger was nowhere near his best, like nowhere near his best. And I know the winning margin back to second was huge, but like there were probably two races going on there. Yeah. And um, for me, Bob Bollinger was legless coming up the hill and, um, you know, it wasn't a good performance from him. Galvin Deschamps, for me, jumping-wise, I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. And I'm not even talking about his fall, which was practically a perfect jump up until, mm. for whatever reason, he went over. But he still is he still is kind of novice at his fences. And I'm not sure if making the run it actually suits him. When he was very impressed with a hurdler last year at both, at both festivals, he was given more restrained rides. And I'm not sure he's as much of a kind of a head-the-ball as the way they ride him. Um, in which case, he shouldn't have any problems getting... Um, three miles does he get the gold cup trip Willie doesn't really have a gold cup horse at the moment if it's not galloping the champ for next year um, and as you know as Andy says he has the winner of the Ryanair the last two years he's ample opportunities in the champion chase galloping the champ doesn't to me look like a two miler out and out either um, so I think he's going to go the gold cup trip you show the show with the uh, Alaho this year with that blue brother if you can get a, a good horse to settle in the gold cup um, and he can kind of just relax in a race and jump all right, and he has a turn of foot, he can just pulverise him. I could see Galvin Deschamps doing something similar next year because they're going to, I think they're going to change the way he's ridden. I think they're going to chill out with him a bit. What they do at Punchestown is going to be very interesting. Presumably he comes back and runs at Punchestown. Where does he go there? And that could tell us a lot more. And um, For me in the two-mile division, I'd be looking at Fernie Hollow for the champion chase next year. I just hope his injury, it's a suspensory ligaments, didn't sound like it was a terribly bad injury. Um, he's 8-1 to for the champion chase. He's definitely not going to run any other race. That's where he ends up if he runs in at the festival. Um, I mean, I, I backed Shishkin on the day. It was, there's some races that, I mean, if you back Jinto, you're demoralised on many levels. But I'd never mm. backed Shishkin before. And it was just such a sour race to watch for me because, you know, to a horse that's unbeaten, you, you back him and he just doesn't go a yard. And then, you know, you've Shaq and Corsois fallen as well. And I, I thought the race completely fell apart. So... I'm not sure what honours you mean achieved. I, I found it hard to see how people could fancy him to beat Shishkin at all. Shishkin absolutely flopped. For me, there's a major question mark against him now. Um, so I, I would be looking at Fernie Hollow for the champion chase next year. And I see Gallup and Deschamps going up and trip. I mean, I don't think he's going to be running him in the Ryanair. I mean, he's, he's if he's that good, he's got to run him in one of the, the main championship races. And why not try and turn him into a Gold Cup horse and dream that way? Do you think you might go for the King George? Yeah, I do. I do see him possibly going to King George. And that's, I mean, again, we'll see what happens at Punchestown. But like, he clearly stays three miles. There's no issue mm. with three miles. You see, he stays as a herder, yet he's probably a better jumper of the fence. So he's getting older. Why would he not stay three miles? And uh, Willie obviously won the uh, King George this year. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him going that route. 
uh, 10 to 1 for the King George at the moment with Alaho 8 to 1. Uh, Long Press will talk about shortly 7 to 1 and Brave Man's Game 4 to 1 favourite uh, at the moment for the King George. Uh, on then to the, the Ryanair, uh, where we have Alaho, the 5 to 2 favourite, uh, with Galapanda Champ 6 to 1, Shishkin 7 to 1, Shakun Porsois 12 to 1. Anergamine 12 to 1, Edward Stone 14 to 1, who we need to talk about. Um, Bob Ollinger 14s. Um, I mean, let's talk about Edward Stone quickly now, because I guess, I mean, the it's more likely that he goes for the champion chase, probably I'd have thought, than the uh, than the Ryanair there, Andy, but priced up for both. Um, maybe, you know, one of the performances that's been spoken about the least, possibly because it'll be seen as a as a fairly weak renewal. Um what did you make of Edward Stone's win? Um, I think one or two in that race didn't run their races and, and that includes Rivier Detel. Um she ran nowhere near the time figure that she's been capable of. We we got her basically metronomically knocking out seventy five time figures upwards. Her fastest was an eighty and, and she and regularly she was like a seventy seven, seventy six. Edward Stone was a seventy eight going into the festival. So he, you know he was bang up there. Um and when when she didn't run a race she, she basically Edward Stone took advantage. But it wasn't as strongly run as I thought it might be. I mean, crunching numbers afterwards, I think, I think we only got it at 69 or 70. So even though Riviera Detail looked as though they were, you know, went off at a, re, a, re, a reasonably good gallop, um, it, it, like I say, it didn't, try, it didn't work out as well as I thought it would figures-wise. But look, you know, he beat what was in front of him, probably ultimately ended up being not a vintage race. Um, yeah, he would, he would have to step up markedly on what he did in the Arkell anyway. Um, to be up against the likes of an Ergamin or you know one or two others we mentioned, Fernie Hollow. I think Fernie Hollow would have won the Arkle had he had he uh, turned up. He just looked different gearing, you know, mm. the way the way he won over in Ireland. Um, you know, he looked a much miles better horse than Blue Lord, and Blue Lord was you know third in the Arkle. So using him as a guide, then I think Fernie Hollow is the is the top novice from the season if I'm awarding horses. Looking at the Ryanair market, Johnny, you know, Alaho five to two will will to, to many stand out, um, and especially if we if we don't anticipate that Alaho will be pitched up against Galapandashamp. But but you know, it's pretty rare that that horses come back and win the Ryanair over and over again without without looking to to step up. And we've seen you know the Mullins team have tried Alaho over three miles, tried Alaho over two miles before, and um, they said it themselves, finally clicking that two and a half miles was the trip. And and I guess. You know, the, the performance of Alaho, as was the case in in twenty twenty one, was one of the most impressive of the week. So, do you, do you see him coming back again, looking just to regain that crown and then win three in a row? Yeah, as an as a nine year old, and Mickey's kind of own history in the race. Definitely, I I can't see why he would go anywhere else. Maybe five to two appeals. Yeah, I mean he's he's won a, a fairly ordinary renewal of the race. He was obviously the shortest price favorite of the week. Mm. Um, if I'm going to speculate on the Ryanair, I'm going to go with Bob Ollinger here um, because I think this is the race he ends up in. And I, I just, I'm willing to forgive him. Like Henry de Rom had said, he could not believe anyone could do what they did to Bob Ollinger. And he's doubled down after the race. And the confidence they, they carried into Cheltenham, I think they think he's way better than that. And I don't really know what happened with him, but he's 14 with uh, William Hill for the race next year. I'd have a small bet on that. I think if, I think this is a race he likely end up in, and um, you know he was basically odd on for or mm. even money for the the novice equivalent race, and it's it, it'll probably be a stronger Ryanair next year. It's possible Shishkin may end up stepping up in trip. Can't see Galpin de Champ running the Ryanair against Alo. It just simply won't happen. And um, so 
Alahol, like, you know, five two is fair enough. I, I'm just not sure. He might be taking on a better caliber of rival next year. And I'd have a small bet on Bob Ollinger. I think he'll, he'll be able to bounce back, hopefully. 14 to 1, best price on Bob Ollinger, Andy. Yeah, it's interesting with, with Bob Ollinger as well. Um, his time figure was the slowest time figure the whole week. Um, just it just shows you what destructive um, na- uh, nature uh, um, Gallup and Sean inflicted on him. He mm. was he was literally punched up, up the running, um, and like I say, stopping the clock on him, he was, he, he actually completed in the slowest time that we we only got a fifty eight for Bob Ollinger, which is a ridiculously slow time for a, a Cheltenham Festival Grade One. Um, so it went from something like Gallup on Deschamps, if he would have won by 20, 25 lengths, doing something 75 plus to Gallup on Deschamps, uh, Bob Ollinger crawling home in a 58. So, mm. yeah, Johnny, Johnny's dead right. That's nowhere near the level that Bob Ollinger's um, shown previously. I think Andy's hitting on an issue there that, that again, is, is relevant in the talk of a five-day festival. There were four runners in that race from Ireland. There were six runners in the old four-miler which now looks like a race that doesn't serve any purpose at all. So when you yeah. have a horse winning at Cheltenham, he's basically legless. He's beaten two others in a grade one novice race. Something that's not quite right about that. And you're, you're watching a horse, you, you can have lucky winners, but you were the winner of a race here by a wide margin who himself was absolutely legless in a grade one at Cheltenham, and that should not be happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, didn't help that in that race you had plenty going for the RSA because those top two look so strong. Um, but you know, I, I'm certainly in agreement that when we're having a conversation, maybe one for another podcast, but the five day festival uh, is not. Uh, That'd be, is, you know, be, be disa- absolute disaster for five day festival. Absolutely uh, agreed. Look at all these um, mares races. I mean, what what are the point? What are the point of these mares races now? Are they going to just bring up more more mares races to make it a five day festival? And you know, I mean. I, I, does the mayor's novice hurdle excite you as a race? Does the mayor's chase? I mean, so I, I don't, I, I'd agree with Andy. Disaster is the word. Yeah. I am spoke, I'm spoke to anyone in the game who thinks it's a good idea. Mm. No, 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 I agree. And, and also, it just feels like there's already, you know, the festival's saturated enough that I think we missed out on a, on a fair few um, decent matches and decent. Uh, with, with the horses looking to avoid each other without adding yet more. Well, this is um, it. We, we, we want to, we want to promote healthy competition. We don't, we don't want to make it easy for horses to side sidestep another one because there's yeah. another race available. I mean, that's just not what competition's about, is it? We want to see the best against the best, surely. Absolutely. We're going to get on to the, the Gold Cup, which is, you know, seen to be the best against the best, certainly over over the stairs trip. But firstly, we'll do the stairs hurdle. And from Alaho, one horse who's looking, who will be looking next year to, to make it a hat-trick into Florian Porter, who is the five-to-one favourite. Uh, for next year's stay is after a you know pretty impressive um, win, although Andy will, I'm sure, pick some holes in a second as he's all buzz about buzz. 14 to 1, uh, the injured horse uh, who Andy put up for the race uh, this year. 14 to 1 for next year's uh, stayers hurdle. The nice guy, 14 to 1. Bob Ollinger, uh, 16 to 1. Time Hill, 20s. Champ, 20s. Zanahir, 20s. Love Envoy, 20s. And 25 to 1. Bigger than that, Andy. Yeah, I mean the the stays Earl category um, was was a race I was really dead keen at the start of the season to take advantage of the betting because I just thought that it was all over the place. Um, at the time, I thought Florian Porter was a a suspect favourite, but um, things transpired to me make me think slightly differently further down the line. But yeah, I, I ended up putting up buzz at a quite an early stage based on the Cesarevich win and. If he if he did do what I thought he would do over three miles, he was the one that could easily use up a lot of them and 
um, barring that injury, then um, you know when he was favourite for the long walk, um, I, I was I was going down the right road. Hopefully he'll come back. I mean, if it's a serious injury, so he might not never get mm. back to what he was. But if they can get him right, then he'd certainly have to be a, a contender. Based on what we know of this lot, you know, Florian Porter, a good worthy winner on the day, it has to be said. Great ride by Danny Monson. It was probably one of the rides of the festival. Um, yes, he had a very winning accomplice and, a, and a, a jumped particularly well from the front, but he just basically just toyed with them. He stacked them up at the top of the hill. You could see him moving his hands and just sort of giving him a, visually giving him a breather. And um, if you were betting him running, then you, there was only one horse you could ever be backing in that race because he, he, he got that race won a long way out. But, you know, the likes of Time Hill, Paisley Park, Champs. I mean, cl- I can't believe Classical Dreams favourite. That was almost one of the odd, one of the odd mm. bits of betting of, of, of the whole week. I, I, I couldn't get my head around that. They, they all look very much of a muchness, aren't they, this, this bunch? And it, again, it was indicative of in previous years that the, 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 the stays hurdle time figure once again come out incredibly slow compared to the Per Temps final. The Per Temps final always seems to be a better run race, more cleanly run and, and perhaps a, a little bit more of a reliable form guy going forward. I'm not suggesting we've got Sir de Burley in this year's um, 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 handicap that, that, that could go into open company and be a be a grade one horse but i do think there's going to be a, a, a floater coming through hopefully it might be buzz because I, I do think this category is up for grabs and the other one i'll just throw into the mix as well which i put up in my column uh, this week as, a, as one uh, this is coming from a right crystal ball um <laughs> <laughs> kind of outlook um i don't think vanilla has really taken to fences oh he hasn't Andy. No, I mean, he, I mean, he was, a, he was a creditable third in in the in the three or four mile as it is now, um, but for me, he wants to go back over hurdles, and I I can't get out of my head how devastating he was when he won the Albert Bartlett, beating a good field that day, and that's the kind of horse we're dealing with. I think when he's on song, obviously Cheltenham, he's, he comes good in the, you know that time of year. We know Cheltenham suits him. That's two back to back decent races now he's put together at the festival. Albeit, you know, one of them through um, duress over fences. But yeah, if, if they was to go back over hurdles with him, and I think they might run him in the Irish National, give him one more go. And if he flops in that, then the connections will draw stumps and, and send him back over hurdles. And for me, he, he along with Florian Porter from the same yard could could easily dominate that category. He's a big price for Nilly, eh? Yeah, I'll get your price now. Uh, Vanillier is 33, I think. 33 to 1. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. 30, 33 is best price at the moment for the stairs. Crystal ball time there from, from yeah, Andy. Yeah, a bit of a left field say, one, yeah. Gavin Cromwell knows what it takes to get a, a horse uh, primed and ready to win um, the stairs. Whether or not he'll want Vanillier challenging his stable star, uh, Florian Porter, we'll see. Um, Johnny, how do you see the stairs market? I'm just looking at Blazing Cow's price there. He's 33s and he's sort of a forgotten horse as well because obviously mm. he was um, he's 25 for the uh, the RSA as we call it. That I think he'd probably go down that route. That that could be an, an all right show. 25 to the RSA because he was pretty flawless over hurdles. Um, I, I thought the the, the stairs is just a bizarre race this year. They they just the, the one thing I would say about Florian Porter is he jumping was so good that he was able to maintain control of the race throughout. And he, you know it was interesting looking after the last. If you're having a debate about the whip going forward, will there be a whip around in five or ten years' time? Danny Mullins never used a whip on a Cheltenham winner in a grade one. He just corrected him, tried to keep him straight when he was wandering about a bit. Um, and he kind of went away again or certainly maintained his advantage after the last, got a soft lead. I'd probably, if I have, well, I have to have a bet in the race, he's a certainty for running next year. 
Um, and he's been a very good winner of the race twice. So he is coming into the big bucks category. Five to one might slightly underestimate him. Totally agree with Andy about Vanillier. His jumping issues have been apparent basically all season, but he was poor in the, the four miler, as we call it. And I could definitely see him going back hurdling. And, um, you know, he will run this race if he goes back hurdling. It's going to do with the fact that he's stalemates in the race. They're different owners. And uh, I could definitely see him going back hurdling, yeah. Penelier, uh, an outsider for both. Uh, and before we get to the Gold Cup, Andy, just want to ask you about Love Envoy, who who won the the Mez Novice. Um, you know, the Mez Novice run over two mile one doesn't seem like a perfect um, race to then move into the stairs, but she has won over over two mile five on heavy. She's won over two mile four in her in her run before the festival. Um, you know, Dino Blue certainly didn't turn up on the day, sadly, after being well backed. Uh, your selection there, Andy. Mm. But on the clock, um, could Lo- Love Envoy be? Uh, capable of, of of this kind of um, step up in class? Um, no, I think she's got to find a huge amount. It was only a sixty four the uh, the mayor's race. Um, so, so albeit she was an impressive winner and, and you know beat a, a deep field or you know it was certainly a competitive field. Um, you know she's nowhere near the level of great uh, you know the top quality grade one horses. But yeah, that that was probably my biggest disappointment of the whole week. Dino Blue, I, I fancied her for my life, but. I just thought it was a strange ride by by um, Mark Walsh. Obviously, he was riding under instructions. I think they wanted to make plenty of use of her, but she was just way too keen. I, I thought they would have just yeah. dropped her in and give her a chance and got a cover and a bit of settle. But she had two horses either side of her. I hate that when you when you've got a horse who's quite keen. You got one either side that's sort of pushing you forward and making you sort of um, go a little bit quicker than you want to. And it, it, the writing was on the wall for me. She was always going to fade out of it. Um, so yeah, I, th- I just think they got the tactics one with Dina Blue. So hopefully she'll bounce back. Yeah, hopefully she will. Uh, on then to the the Gold Cup, and Aplutard is the nine to two favourite. The winner of the twenty twenty two Gold Cup in absolutely breathtaking fashion. Um, the way uh, he hit the line was was one of the most incredible things I've seen up that hill. Uh, I think uh, Galapanda Shop no five to one who we've discussed. Lom Press who, who I mentioned earlier eight to one. Um, Johnny there talking about you know the whip and, and I think it was just one crack at the end there for Charlie Deutsch uh, for, for Lon Press to go and win uh, last week uh, Monkfish maybe the forgotten horse uh, ruled out of, of this season through injury 16 to 1 Statler 20 to 1 Bob Ollinger 20 to 1 Alaho 20s and plenty others 20 to 1 as well uh, Johnny it was I mean at this stage it looks like a, a fascinating um, Gold Cup field there's a, a long way to go till we get there and lots will change um, but plenty of, of exciting horses to try and uh, challenge Aplutard's crown. Definitely, yeah. I was I was amazed really with his performance this year. I, I thought he was uh, I thought he was a vulnerable sort of favourite in the sense of having to overturn uh, Cheltenham form with Manella Indo. Um, when the Manella Indo came to second last, the way he did, could you see Aplutard running away from him as he did? It was an incredible performance. Mm. Manella Indo really really weak in the betting on the day, but uh, for no particular reason it seemed. And um, just the different tactics. And again, if you're, I mean, if I were having a bet on this race last year, you're, you've nine two about a breathtakingly good Gold Cup winner who is a great record at Cheltenham, who's going to go in the race next year. So yeah, it's attractive. Um, but uh, you know, it's probably the bet I'd have in the race. There, there are dangers lurking in the sense of Galvin Deschamps. Will he run the race? I think he probably will. Long press was brilliant. In fairness to him, Monkfish, can you come back from an injury that he had and then go straight in to win the Gold Cup? Statler, in fairness, won, albeit an ordinary renewal uh, of the three of the four miler. Um, it, it looks very interesting. Well, in fairness, absolute hard nine to two um, isn't a bad price because that performance it'll take. I, I'm interested in what Andy says on the speed figure, but you'd imagine if he produces that performance next year, he's nowhere near a nine to two shot. 
Andy. Yeah, he was he was the second quickest uh, the entire week. Uh, Constitution Hill um, was top. Then Aplutard and then Anergamin was th- with third top. Those are the, the the three. St- oh, and Alaho as well. That, that they were the three races that um, we awarded a speed figure of over eighty or overwards. And that's pretty much the CV that um, he's got. He's got um, Aplutard every time he turns up. Um, if he's in a reasonably well-run race, and most of the times he is because he's running at Grade One level. He seems to be able to run to those kind of numbers, 81s, 82s, 83s. He's, his form sheet is just littered with fast times. He's a brilliant. He's just a brilliant horse, isn't he? He's hard to knock. Um, Johnny's absolutely spot on. You know, nine to two doesn't look a bad price. Back back in the day, it was, you know, it's hard to go back to back in this race. But Album mm. Photo did it. Um, obviously, you know, best mate did it three times. And I think he'll have the campaign off Henry de Bromer that won't bottom him. I think you know, pretty much have the same. Races lined up for him again. Savile's Chase, Betfair Chase, and then perhaps come to Cheltenham relatively fresh off the back of just two runs. So it's not as if he's going to be having lung bust busters on the way up to the festival. So I think 9-2, if you wanted to lock in your money for that long, you know, you're going to be looking at the favourite again next year. But a lot depends on what Gallop on the Shop done. We talked about him. If he was to step up into this category, that you'd, you'd want to follow him over a cliff, whichever, whichever direction he was going to go in, because he's just a superstar in, in the making, isn't he? Um, and you know, long press is um, equally commendable as well. You can't fault his performance. He, he he did a good number in the old RSA. So we've got a, a deserved champion that is likely to be close to unbeaten coming into the race next year. Touchwood up against perhaps one or two of the ones who we think could, you know, easily do a thing or two over the three mile trip. Is there a case to be made to back Manella Indo at twenty five? I mean, you're looking at Aplutard at nine to two. In, in fairness, how much shorter is he going to be on the day? You think the race would have to fall apart a, a fair bit to be to be to be much shorter? And Manila Indo finished second here off, off the back of what's been a pretty disappointing campaign. Who clearly goes very well at Cheltenham. Um, and again, as Johnny says, where else is he going to go? I mean, if he's fit and he's yeah. healthy, he's going to come back to this next year. Yeah, probably yeah, ask... only finishes in the top three, maybe. But yeah. Not yeah. Well, that's it. No, but that's yeah. but that's it. Twenty-five yeah. to one each way would be. Yeah. I mean, that would be the yeah. way I'd like to play. It. I mean, he got. So duffed up in the end that it's hard to see him ever turning the form around uh, with the, with his with his stable companion. But yeah, twenty five to one is probably a slight overreaction. You know, they're, they're not that far they're not that far apart. So yeah, if if you wanted a uh, something at a price now, then yeah, he, he he's certainly going to give you some value anyway on that front. Lovely stuff. Well, that's our Gold Cup preview, and that brings our twenty twenty three. Cheltenham Festival preview uh, slash 2022 review uh, to a close. But before I let you guys go, as mentioned at the top, just going to ask you for a, maybe a couple of horses that, that didn't hit the frame or, or, or didn't win their races who you think are worth keeping an eye on either uh, at Aintree in the next couple of weeks or, or, in, or in the coming uh, coming months. Gallop, Gallop and Dijon has to come to <laughs> I think he's one to follow. Like, but, uh, I'll, I'll let Andy True. go first. Andy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan and I have been for a long while now um, of, of, of Jericho Rock. Um, mm. Once again, I put him up in the in the Ultima, and he gave me a great spin. He was a bit of a surprise, really, because Tom's going to him fairly handy from an early stage, i.e. right to the fore. I thought he'd just be behind the leaders, like he's always been ridden. You know, he was always just behind the speed at Warwick um, in, in the classic chase. He was just on the fringes in, in the in the Mandarin, um, and. I, I thought, God, he's going to have to be a good horse to lead this out. He, he, he literally led for a circuit as well. He, he took it up going in front of the stands, travelling well, but his jumping was absolutely flawless. For a young horse having, having his fifth run over fences, he never missed a beat. He was still banged out the last, and of course he got 
picked off in the end by the more patiently ridden um, uh, Kyle Rambler, who had nothing to do with early speed, but to hang tough as well as he did for for such a young horse for uh, for a long way in in a race like that, I, I, I come out of that race with nothing more than a healthy regard for him. I'll, I'll be surprised if he isn't a forerunner for a lot of those big stain chases next season, the Welsh National, you know, that kind of race. And then, then ultimately, hopefully, he might turn into be a Grand National horse. I think he's tailor-made for those big fences, the way he jumps. Mm. Um, so, he, definitely Garrico Rock, I'd keep him on side. And and the, one of the most unluckiest horses of the whole meeting was a horse called Party Party Business. Uh, you'd have to go back and watch the video on this, Johnny, if, you, if you've got a minute. But... Um, I think there was a, there was a schmozzle at the second hurdle in the, in the in the boys race. The Martin Pipe, two horses fell right directly in front of the path of Party Business. He literally got broadsided. He went from mid division to last. He was still last going past the stands, and he somehow dragged himself to fifth. He was full of running at the finish. Um, I'm not saying he would have won the race because that's just uh, you know open to you know total subjectiveness. But he was he was really really unlucky. Um, and I know that Ian Williams actually fancied him going into the race. I, I, I sort of was chatting away with somebody who knew him the other day, and I said, "Oh, you got anything next few days?" And he just said, "Party business." And the Martin Power. And I looked at it. I thought, "God, fifty to one shot." Uh, but he wasn't far. He wasn't far wrong. So if he was to go at Aintree, um, I'd be more than interested in party business if that was to be the case. Party business. One to keep an eye out, along with Jericho Rock for Andy, uh, Johnny. What have you got for us? Yeah, um, I didn't do enough of a study for this, but a couple of horses, I suppose, that came to mind. I thought Three Stripe Life performed really well in the Ballymore. He tra- he's travelling really well for a horse by leading light in his races. He really does pick up the bridle. He just didn't have the gears for Gerhard, but he's a lovely, lovely horse going forward. Obviously, Galloping Deschamps. Gaelic Warrior, I think, as much as, as Andy alluded to there, he would have been an extremely lucky winner because of the interference Brazil suffered. But all in all, considering he was very keen to post... Um, I think he's going to make a lovely horse going forward. And has there ever been more of an eye catcher in the feet of the festival than Galloping Deschamps, I suppose? But um, yeah, it was a, it was a it was a fascinating festival. There were some winners who were exceptionally lucky to win, like Brazil, and um, one of the novices as well was this uh, one of the novice chasers as well was desperately fortunate to to avoid a faller in front of him. And mm. even as Andy mentioned, it could have gone all horribly wrong for a Constitution Hill. It was such mm. a uh, a sliding doors moment in the race as Dicer Dynamo fell and um, so there were a lot of winners who were really worthy winners but just avoided something that would have been a, a catastrophe and just my thoughts go out to before we finish up to Nolan Valerie Moore and with Jinto because they didn't have a winner at the festival yeah. but they would have happily you know gone and, and gone to the next day and there was a lot of talk about um, you know the money that was spent on Florin Porter off a Facebook ad I think and a lot of people in the parade are loving that you can buy a dual Sarah's hurdle winner for small money like no more really put his money where his mouth is with Chinto and I don't know how you can get something as unlucky as that so I hope Noel and Valerie have luck going forward even if Chinto won't yeah absolutely well said Johnny uh, echo those sentiments entirely um, that brings us to a close the first ever Cheltenham 2023 preview uh, with Johnny Ward and Andy Holding uh, hopefully some nuggets in we, there from we're doing one next week are we Just yeah yeah with another one. This, the road to Cheltenham starts road here to Cheltenham. Um, yeah, yeah we I, just I, have I to contradict you, each each other and ourselves every second week. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I did think it was funny, especially in the champion chase. So much talk about the ground and Shishkin and Anagami, and then um, Tony Bloom after after the race. Were you worried about the rain falling? He said, "No, what are you talking about? We were 
we're doing rain dances you know we wanted the rain it just shows all the chat that goes into it and actually what plays out can often uh, make fools of us all but um yeah lots of good stuff in there plenty of insight and uh, hopefully some value in there too thanks very much to 888 sport for sponsoring this podcast as ever thank you to both andy and for johnny for taking the time to talk to us as well we'll speak to them again soon do download the odds checker app for andy's tips straight to the app every morning of racing as well as the best prices bookie offers free bets and each way terms uh they're up on the app as well do subscribe to our youtube channel and our podcast feed on the youtube channel plenty more content every week coming from andy and i racing weekly there as well with rishi Passad and sam turner too so do check that out as well fingers crossed some some uh, excitement and some insight to keep us busy for the next year or so plenty of racing coming up as well so do stay tuned and please as always gamble responsibly